Mackling and McGarry on 680 CJOB. Craig Mackling and Brett McGarry with you on this Tuesday afternoon, 205. It's a difficult day for a lot of folks in our community as um, an unprecedented uh, act of crime took place just after 2 o'clock this morning and the death, the murder of a Winnipeg police, uh, or pardon me, a Winnipeg transit driver. Once again, 58-year-old Irvin Fraser stabbed this morning. It happened just before 2 a.m. at the University of Manitoba. And... A 22-year-old man has been arrested. Charges are pending, and we do have a condolence book for Fraser's family and all Winnipeg Transit drivers posted on our Facebook page, Greg. So uh, Irvin, uh, Irvin uh, he's known as Jabal Fraser, 58 years of age. He was killed on the job. I may have used the M word and uh, until there are charges laid. Uh, as such, I, I should not have uh, referred to that incident as uh, a murder, and uh, we want to switch. We heard a lot of anxiety in Mr. Giesbrick's voice in terms of his job, Brett, and the idea of working nights, and we're conducting a panel here. It is St. Valentine's Day, and we're going to talk uh, with some youth, some young people. Well, they're not, you know, they're, 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 not, they're not babies by any stretch of the imagination, but they are youth uh, compared to Brett and I, and we're talking about anxiety, dating, and Valentine's Day. But maybe we could translate that a little bit to as well as anxiety overall in terms of certain social situations. Why don't you guys get close to the microphone here? In studio, we've got Luke Edmond. He's uh, next to me here. We've got Sarah Stitnick is in the uh, conversation as well. We've got uh, Samantha Wood and Scott uh, Cobro. Uh, Sorry, Scott, how do I say your last name? Kubra. Oh, that was closer than I thought. Uh, <laughs> when you hear something like this, I know, if not all of you, most of you have ridden the bus at some point in time. Luke, why don't I start with you? You ride the bus quite a bit, I think, when we were uh, taking a poll earlier. Does this add to your anxiety uh, about public transportation in any way, shape, or form? Um, definitely. Like, uh, being a university student and taking the bus every day, it's uh, definitely a shock to have a a crime scene at university. It's definitely a shock. Um, wasn't expecting something like this. Uh, actually, I just heard about it this morning. I don't know a lot of details, but yeah, yeah. definitely it's, it's adding to my um, anxiety to riding the bus. It's, it's not a... Uh, it doesn't help. Yeah, exactly. It it's, doesn't uh, help. Yeah, definitely. Scott, you mentioned the fact that you ride the bus uh, sometimes unwillingly and, and not by correct. choice. Uh, wh- wh- why do you say that? Well, you know, it's always a question. Do you sit on the front of the bus? Do you sit on the back of the bus? You know, where are you most comfortable? Where are you most safe? But, you, this this lends to your decision of where you're going to yes. sit on the bus? Oh, yes. I mean, uh, you're a big guy. I, I am. But you, you have concerns for your safety when, when riding transit. I do because you don't always know who's, you know, who's behind you or who's in front of you or who's, right, uh, you know, right up next, you know, brushing against you. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful for the transit. I mean, I wouldn't be able to get, you know, anywhere with, without it at the moment. And, uh, yeah, with do you sit in the, the seats that sort of are the, the side seats that kind of face the aisle as opposed to a seat where you have someone behind you? Yes. Oh, totally. I sit at the front of the bus on the, the right or left side facing inwards so that I can see, you know, left, right, straight ahead, and I get a good vantage point. Unfortunately, um, 
I don't always, you know, get my way because it's, you know, there's elders, there's, there's, there's child, there's children, there's strollers, there's, there's so much uh, diversity on the bus and uh, you can't always, you know, have that. Yeah. Well, it went good for you for giving up the seat. I mean, those, they are comfortable spots, but indeed the guys like you or I, uh, that's probably not where we should be sitting, but I totally get the reasoning behind that. It's sort of, it's almost a tactical decision to sit there so you can... You can see all exit points, as it were. Well, you know, there was a saying back in the old West days, right? Never have your back to the door. And there are people who are built that way, that they want everything in front of them, you know, out of safety purposes. Uh, jump in on this if, 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 if you would like to, to do that, Sarah. Um, well, just for me, whenever I'm in a public place or a restaurant, I always need to be facing all my surroundings. So I like to be in the corner of the restaurant where I can see the servers, the entrance, everything. And the other day I didn't get my way and I had to sit with my back towards. And I honestly moved the table so we could both sit in the booth so I could see everything because it bothered me that much. I don't know why, but. <laughs> no, but because you obviously you have a feeling about that. So why don't we go around the table a little bit and, and uh, Luke, we'll start with you just out of geography and this idea. Why did you want to be included in this uh, conversation today? What brought you here today? Um, I definitely have a lot of experience with mental illness in my lifetime. Um, recently, when I was 15, my brother committed suicide. Um, and I like to be a, I'd like to be a public figure in supporting mental illness and, uh, helping people understand that they're not alone. Well, condolences uh, to you on the loss of your brother, and uh, thank you for being available today and this role as an advocate, a, a voice uh, on the other side. Did, how old were you when you, when you, when you lost your brother? I was uh, 15, three years ago. How did you find out about that? I was actually uh, on a ski trip, um, pulled over the car, uh, got the news, and sort of immediately knew. And uh, actually previously the night before I had a dream about it, which was very strange. Uh, but yeah, I, I couldn't. It was, it was a hell of a ride. Uh, go, it was probably the worst drive of my life. How old was your brother, Luke? Uh, he was 19 when he died, so I'm almost his age. Were now. you close? Very close, yeah, definitely. Uh, not towards the end. He was... Uh, I actually felt a bit of resentment towards him for his mental illness, um, which I hold a lot of guilt for. Um, my last chance to hug him, I, I didn't. And it's definitely one of my uh, biggest regrets of my life. So I just want to spread uh, the fact that if you have someone suffering um, that you love, just hold them because it definitely could be the last time and be there for them. Love and, love and care is the solution. Um, it's a powerful message on this Valentine's Day because we think about our Valentines as being of the opposite sex or or of the of the sex that you're attracted to, that it's a, a, about love on that one-to-one relationship, right? And really it doesn't have to be about that. It, it again, can be about other things. It can be about those that you love in gen- general. And right. um, you're obviously here because you want to talk about it. So I'll, I'll ask you, the, the loss of your brother... Um, I know when my mom passed away, my mom dealt with mental illness, illness herself and passed away at a young age. And it was difficult for me moving forward on my interpersonal relationships. Is it yep. having an effect for you? It's, uh, yeah, definitely my, I have a lot of trust issues. I have a lot of, uh, issues with letting people into my life. Um, and that's where part of my anxiety comes from is my trust issues. 
Um, but uh, I've definitely learned how to cope with it. It's gotten a lot better. Um, a lot of what helped me get past my um, trust issues and my anxiety is really understanding that you can't control everything that goes on in your life and that there's outside influences, causation that's going to put you in the place that you are, the position that you are. And the um, self-esteem isn't necessarily a reflection of truth. So uh, there's more, more often than not, we let our anxiety cloud rational thought and lead ourselves to certain conclusions that might not necessarily be true. And uh, we definitely need to get past, people with anxiety need to get past that um, specific problem of sort of cloudy thoughts and um, not thinking clearly. Because I know know a lot of my trust issues have led to um, strained relationships and it's, it's not easy for a lot of the people in my life to handle with it as well, to handle it as well. With a lot of these holidays, with a lot of these special days, Brett, it's it's not easy for everyone. It's not a, a genuine celebration. Uh, but we're going to talk about how to work through that and to help our friends and help each other and help listeners that might be dealing with that uh, to work through it on this Valentine's afternoon. We have four in-studio guests. We have Luke Edmond. We have Scott Kubro. Did I say that correctly? Yes. Very good. Sam Wood. We haven't heard from Sam. We'll speak with Sam after your forecast. And Sarah Sitnik. This is a conversation that was organized by our friends at the Mood Disorders Association of Manitoba to talk about youth anxiety, uh, in particular when it, on the subject of dating and Valentine's Day. And we will get into some of that after your forecast on Mackling and McGarry on 680 CJOB. Brett McGarry with Greg Mackling on 680 CJOB. And we are joined by some of our friends from the Mood Disorders Association of Manitoba. We're talking about youth anxiety and uh, eventually we're going to get to the subject of anxiety as it relates to dating and Valentine's Day. We have four guests in studio. We have Luke Edmond, we have Sarah Sitnik, as well as Sam Wood and Scott Kubro. And Sam, we haven't actually heard from you yet, so we'll just pose the same question to you that we did to Luke, what made you want to come in today and and be part of this panel to talk about anxiety as it relates to youth? Ooh, deep question. (laughs) Ooh. Um, I don't really think it has to do with me at the end of the day, because I think as a human being, I'm okay right now. I think it's what I see in other people. Um, And uh, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing for me is that I've had about... A year, almost a year, coming up a year, it's about 11 months or so now of being diagnosed with bipolar, which is totally fine. I've accepted it. I think until you can accept what your quote-unquote diagnosis is and whatever that is, it's not a big deal. It's just, I guess, a label to help other people understand you. So whether that's a doctor understand you in a certain way, you can call it anything. It's just to have other people understand you to help you. Um, But yeah. Until you can learn about yourself, you, well, took me a year to learn about myself. And it wasn't until I was diagnosed with bipolar. I didn't know who I was. And I think that's the biggest problem. I was talking to a friend about this, actually, actually, when we're talking about ignorance. And there's that saying, like, ignorance is bliss. And we're like, no, it's not. We're like, ignorance is terrible. We're like, ignorance is horrible. It's, like, deep and dark and sad. And it is depression. And it is anxiety. 
And that's the biggest issue is that ignorance are those two things, anxiety and depression. And until you can learn about yourself, you're free. And so for me, I've spent about the past year, I would say, learning about myself. And it's been great. And I'm weird. I'm really, really weird. <laughs> I'm Wow, I'm really weird. I've accepted that. But that's what I've realized is okay. And so I think I... Well, I didn't choose to be here, Charlotte asked me, so that's why I had to think about it. I was like, wait, I got to think. I was like, why am I here? Oh, my God, I have no clue. It's like, wait, take it down. Um, so that's why I'm here. Um, but, yeah, so I think I've spent—I mean, I guess I've kind of been slowly figuring it out for a while. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't until I think, like, bipolar, like, bipolar as a stigma and a stereotype, that's a hard hitter. Like, I've always joked and said, like, oh, we have ADD. Even my friends would be like, whoa, girl, like, you got it. Like, you got that. And then it wasn't until, like, uh, you know, working as a server. Um, and then my managers would kind of pick up on things. And I was like, you're right. It's taking me too long to not get certain things. And then the jokes weren't, like, really a joke anymore. And then university was, like, not really a joke anymore either because, like, my grades were going down. And so that ADHD turned into bipolar, and it wasn't until, bam, one day I was in a hospital, and I was like, oh, this isn't funny anymore. We and do so, need to pause. We do, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, that's okay. We are always racing against the clock here, that's and okay. we need to pause our chat that's with good. Samantha Wood, Luke Edmond, Scott Kubro, and Sarah Sitnik from the Mood Disorders Association of Manitoba, going to be youth ambassadors for the association this spring, and we will carry on our conversation after Global News at 2.30 on 680 CJOB. It's 2.34. Happy Valentine's Day. And I know it's not a happy Valentine's Day for everyone. For those of you dealing with a little bit of anxiety about the day, maybe you're missing someone that you love or loved. Maybe you're pining for someone that you loved. Maybe you're hoping for a text, a chocolate bar, or maybe it's a card, or maybe it's some flowers. Uh, we'll talk to Scott in just a minute. Uh, he overcame with some major anxiety today to uh, express his feelings about someone. We're talking about youth anxiety, dating, and Valentine's Day. Our friends from the Mood Disorders Association of Manitoba are here. We've got Luke, Sarah, Sam, and Scott. They're sharing their stories with us. They are youth ambassadors on behalf of Mood Disorders, and this spring they're going to be participating in the shop love you run and 17 schools across the province taking part in that and uh, you guys are going to be out sharing your stories being open and honest and that communication goes a long way and scott uh you were open and honest today but that didn't come at uh zero cost to you right you had a little bit of anxiety this morning on this valentine's day that's right i uh not usually a big fan of valentine's day but so it puts a lot of pressure on uh well I'm going to say for myself as a man, I'm for men. Um, you know, w- waking up and it shouldn't be any different than any other day, but it's, it's, uh, today was, you know, I thought to reach out, um, to a new friend and, you know, not wanting to do it was the, was kind of the biggest thing because you're always afraid. Is it, you know, is this too much or is it too little or, um, you know, is it too much on your bank account or is it too much, you know, you know, what is it really to you be, or, or is this going to wow her 
scare her off yeah. too much too soon, right it's, timing, exactly. everything, right? Yeah. And we all have we all have those issues with these expressions at times, right? Yeah, but I mean the best part about it was that uh you know, I was able to use some ther- some therapy that I I've gone through uh, through mood disorders um association of Manitoba and that was CBT and that's the cognitive um behavioral therapy and uh when I was able to, you know, get my uh the items in place i uh it felt really good and you know the 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 lucky one on the other end was <laughs> was really happy and it made me feel good and it wasn't you know it wasn't something out of you know and i'm not like it wasn't something out of complete love like it, you know it's a new, a new friend and but it felt good just making a difference to somebody's day it doesn't have to be you know <laughs> you know somebody you, you've loved for a long time or whatever. But I just think, like, you know, this year for me uh, has been, like, happy Valentine's Day to everyone, you know. So the, the gifts were then received and they were they were uh, appreciated, I suppose? Of course, How yes. long did it take to, to hear that or, to lo- like, for you to learn that the gifts had been received? Because I would imagine that once you you put in the order or whatever it was, you probably had to just sit and kind of wait. Uh, I was one of those guys. I just walked into uh, I walked into a store and, uh, and uh, you know, picked, out, picked up the few items that I got. And, uh, oh, so you had you d- delivered them personally? I, I, oh, yes, personally. Oh, yes. there you go. Okay. Yes, personally. Good man. Yeah, I, I thought that was uh, the best part about it. You know, you get to see their reaction and. Good for you, Scott. Sarah, I want to ask you, in this day and age of uh, instant gratification, instant communication, does that make it more difficult when you're, you know, Brett, you and I have talked about this, this idea of you send a text message to to someone either to make plans or maybe you've, you've said something in text that is maybe just a little bit outside your normal course of conversation and you wait. And you wait for that response. And that whole idea of not hearing when it's suitable to you or in a time frame that you imagine it should take, does that add to the anxiety of relationships in this day and age? Um, It definitely does. And I'm totally somebody who prefers to do phone calls because I hate, I, I hate waiting for things like that. And say if you're trying to do other tasks... It'll distract my attention just to my phone constantly being like, oh, why haven't I received a response? Why haven't I received a response over and over again? Whereas if somebody t- like texts me and they're like, I really need to talk to you about something important. Do you have time now? I'll be like, could you give me a phone call or could we meet face to face? Because I like I kind of hate cell phones for that. I don't need another thing in my life causing anxiety or making me worry. So for me personally, I just try and keep important things to phone calls or in person so I've been trying to stay away from sending texts that could leave me feeling that way because I just don't feel like it's that healthy, especially like you don't know what they're doing. Are they working for the next eight hours? Are they at school? You you never know. So for me, I, I'm really working on not doing that anymore. So is it fair to say this is one of your strategies to stay healthy? Yes, definitely. It definitely is. Um, and I, honestly, my friends may get annoyed with it. I will call all of them all the time. And they're sometimes like, why can't you just text me? I'm like, well... I would rather just talk to you for five minutes than sit on my phone for the next hour. But I don't know. It works for me. It's um, 
still not perfect, but it's getting better. Well, it's, to me, it, it strikes me almost as refreshing because it's it's somewhat of an old-fashioned attitude, and it's not something that I would expect from, uh, did we get to your award? 21. 21 years old, you know, <laughs> because I get criticized even for, uh, for not wanting to talk to people on the phone. Oh, totally. Well, I kind of noticed it when my data, like I have the highest amount of data you could have with Rogers, and uh, it's 15 gigabytes, and I constantly go over. And I'm like, why am I on my phone this much? And that was kind of like a sign. And one of my teachers switched from a smartphone to a flip phone. And I really kind of want to do that. But I I, I, will, I probably can never will, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> Love my Snapchat. So, <laughs> so Luke, uh, we spoke to you off the top and this idea of how... Um, the suicide of your brother has affected you in your personal relationships and and how you deal with people. How are you working through that? Um, honestly, it's just uh, it's just acceptance. It's accepting the fact that um, you can't control everything. Um, you're not an all powerful being that can sort of make everything right and and i realize that you answered that question already <laughs> i didn't ask it maybe the right way uh, what have you done i guess to get that help to get that realization to to help you uh create this this philosophy on that because uh, clearly you've thought about it and it almost feels as though you've 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 almost studied it and to come up with this uh, personal philosophy on this i definitely think learning is um the path to teaching and uh personally i i get i get my I get the most comfortable when I teach the things that I know. Um, and I find issues in our lifestyles, find issues in health, the mental health care system in Manitoba. And I like to spread awareness. And um, that's sort of how I work through my issues is finding cause and finding issues that we need fixed. Um, like, for example... Um, the mental health care system in Manitoba's the funding is just horrific honestly um i have notes here that say 4% of the province's total health care system toward mental health services um is 4% of all health care budget um and the um mental health care commission of canada claims that the minimum funding should be of at least 12% so there's a huge discrepancy in um funding and I'm I'm sure with the new premier of Manitoba that funding isn't going to get any better so um I'm assuming that uh um that moods disorders can do uh moods and disorders association of Manitoba can do a lot um in helping people in these next coming years uh with peer support and grassroots funding um not pro- non-profitable organizations that uh help the youth get through troubling times. Luke, you mentioned earlier that you felt guilt uh, for resentment towards your your brother and his mental illness. And uh, I'm wondering, why do you feel that guilt? Um, I just, I see the things that I could have done different, the things that definitely could have um, maybe helped my brother stick around. Um, and I truly believe that if I had my compassionate, um, aware side that I do now towards mental illness, um, he might be 
with us today. Samantha, when you hear Luke speak the way he does and his experience with his brother and, and your experience now, how much of a difference does it make when we have discussions like this? And from your point of view, clearly, when we have these discussions for people to understand where where people like you or people like me or people like Scott and 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 Sarah where we're all coming from and what we deal with um honestly it makes a world of a difference i mean i know this might be too soon to say but um you got to think about people who are gay as well it's all the same and i don't care and nothing is too soon anymore it's you got to just smack it Nail on the hammer. Why did you, why did you, why did you draw that comparison? I've drawn that comparison myself okay. in the past. So why, why do you draw it? Because it's like coming out of the closet. There's no difference. So the amount of people in my life that I've seen hiding when they are gay, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. White, black, doesn't matter. Let's just use the gay comparison because I can get off track a little. For those people, and I know a lot of them like that, who have stayed in there, and I see them suffering. Because it's when you have a family member that you can see suffering, and I've seen it. My parents have seen it in me, and I've seen it in them and other people, and vice versa in other family members and friends. Because we all see each other suffering in some way or form. Whether it's, you know, something that our brain's not working properly, whether it's just something that we can't accept because we can't see ourselves, or we're too afraid, whatever the reason may be. So I think... When you see someone who finally learns to accept themselves, like being gay, for example, when that started happening and we started loving people and loving ourselves and loving each other, it made the world of a difference. So I think that's the same with mental illness. And I mean, I don't love the word mental illness and that will eventually change. I think like a big thing I've been saying is mental wellness and your mental, your mental, you're mentally wealthy. I see it as that. It's your mental wealth because you are rich. You are mentally wealthy at the end of the day, and you've got to form that wealth on your own, and you've got to start with nothing and work your way up. But, um, yeah, that's the biggest thing. Um, I have a friend, and I won't say his name, but um, he he's hilarious. But uh, as soon as he came out of the closet, changed. And he's still working on who he is because he hasn't come out completely, but he's starting to. But as soon as you can see someone, as soon as you work as a team, as a friendship group around that person and just love and support them, that's what's most important. So I think with mental illness, it's the same thing. So when you, you're coming out pretty publicly oh, oh, yourself Oh, I'm coming right out the now, closet. Right? I, am com- I am stepping out. Right? Yeah. Oh, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> so what is, the, what is the power of that for you um, that people now know they can put, you can put a name mm-hmm. to what it is that you deal with. Mm-hmm. You can put a name to... Maybe some difficulties others have had with you mm-hmm. in the past, mm-hmm. and then you can help them understand. And it's not about excuses. I think that that there is this perception that when you when you say you have a mental health issue, mm-hmm. oh, that's an excuse. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. This this is a reason. Why don't mm-hmm. we talk about that when we come back? Because we have yeah. to to pause here because I think there's a great distinction, and that's part of the stigma, right? Is that this is mm-hmm. now becoming a gigantic excuse. Yes. for people yes. to justify the way they act and yes. the way they behave. Let's yes. let's crush that stigma when we return. Sarah, Scott, Luke, and Sam, they are with the Mood Disorders Association of Manitoba, going to be youth ambassadors this spring, and we will carry on our conversation after your forecast on 680 CJOB. Greg and Brett this afternoon with our panel from the Mood Disorders 
of Manitoba, and we're talking about youth anxiety, we're talking about dating, we're talking about Valentine's Day, and as happens with Brett and I, we are all over the place on this, but you know what, I think it's been really good. Uh, Youth ambassadors are in the studio with us, Luke, Sarah, Sam, and Scott, they're going to be participating at uh, Shoppers Love You Run and talking to all these students across the province about mental illness, it's a great thing to be doing, and and Sarah, before we broke this whole idea that, or I guess it was Sam, you and I were talking about the idea that, you know, mental illness isn't ex- isn't an excuse. It's a reason for a lot of things, but it, it, it really is uh, just uh, one part of the pro- process of coming out and letting people know what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm, that's correct. And we just kind of were talking about, like, what would be phase one? Um, obviously, you kind of run around uh, your thoughts for a little while. You kind of go around in your head. That's kind of like, you know, the kind of prequel to the beginning. But I would definitely say acceptance is where it starts. And then it kind of just trickles down from there. And it's different for every other person. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't all have to be the same. But it definitely starts with running around in your head and then stopping and accepting. And it's not an excuse. It's a reason, right, Scott? You know, this whole idea of... Uh, of what it is that you're dealing with. And your message is is one of really of suppression of who you are and what you were dealing with. Oh, definitely. I mean, it, uh, for me, it was seven, seven years ago, um, to the diagnosis. There's no doubt I lived my whole life dealing, um, with my illness. And, uh, what is your illness by the way? I'm, I, I have the bipolar disorder. Okay. Um, and, you know, it's interesting when I was diagnosed, it was so, it was so long ago. Um, but I've seen the change and the, the amazing things that have been going on, you know, with mood disorders association of Manitoba, um, all the outreach programs that you have. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really been, it's been, it's been a tough journey, but watching it kind of unfold as I started, like there was no youth education. There was no, you know, talking about it in schools, there was, you know, a, there it was all it was all put under the under the rug. And I, from what I've kind of heard, that's that's how it was. You know, for our parents and grandparents and everything. So it's it's you know it's nice to it's nice to see um, and be a part of uh, something that's big and going on because, you know, like Sam says, it's it's something you need to embrace because. You know, there's a lot of things that I've I've done in in my in my life, and that you know, good or bad, that you know, at the end of the day, it's it's what makes me who I am. Sarah, we have about ninety seconds left, and you had mentioned you had a good uh, relationship example that you can share. Can I call upon you for that at the moment? Oh, of course. Um, so, of course, right around the Valentine Valentine's time, um, about a few days ago. Um, I ended up getting uh, kind of like dumped or uh, somebody I was seeing for the last little while uh, put an end to it and then immediately after started dating a girl and unfortunately, or not unfortunately, I love my friends, but we all have the same friends and uh, I had to go to an event where there was five of us, him, his new girlfriend, me and one and one other person 
And for me at first, I was sitting at the end. I was super anxious. I was keeping myself away from the group. I was only staying next to my girlfriend. And of course, uh, my anxiety got the best of me until I kind of realized that, no, I'm actually having a great time. These are my friends. These are my people. Uh, I still am loved. And I don't need to focus all my energy on somebody who is clearly not there for me anymore. And uh, that night turned out, ended up being awesome. And uh, I had a great time and just kind of reminded me to not let my anxiety get the best of me. That's that's really great insight, and I think that's uh, that's a valuable lesson that can be taught to to anybody, uh, including myself. Actually, I really with need- or without an anxiety <laughs> disorder, right? Yeah, there are times where I focus way too much on the bad things when clearly you have taught yourself to focus on the good stuff. So, thank you so much to our guests from the Mood Disorders Association of Manitoba, our youth ambassadors for this spring, Sarah Sitnik, Scott Kubro, Luke Edmond, and Sam Wood. Thank you so much for joining us today. The new is coming up next on 680 CJOB. Mackling and McGarry on 680 CJOB.